They must be affirmed because this is their identity. That is the most pervasive movement of something ever. It's completely subversive. And it absolutely is what God tells us will happen when men worship themselves instead of God. Welcome to another episode of the Carpe Fide podcast, where if the shoe fits, you wear it. And if the truth hurts, you bear it. I am Justin Gruber. And I am Jesse Gruber. And today we hope you will seize the faith. Welcome to another episode of the Carpe Fide podcast. Not just another episode, the 113th episode. We should have, because it's 13, we should have included like the weird... Yeah, exactly. Because it's one. 13, 13, 13, 13. It's like an unlucky number. I delivered to, I don't know, it's not, it's not, this is not true of every part, apartment complex, but one of the apartment complexes I delivered to has no apartment 13. <laughs> like on purpose? Yes, intentionally. The building is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. 14, 15, 16, 17. <laughs> Literally, there is no number 13. Anyway. I guess that's what it would be if it was missing 13. No, I just That was just the groupings of the buildings. Thank 1 you. through 5, 6 through 8, 9 through 12. No 13. <laughs> Begin right at 14. <laughs> is the office 13 maybe? No, the office is 8. Well, I mean, the lady that runs the, that particular part of the complex is number 8. Oh. Well, there you go. <clears throat> Mystery solved mystery solved episode 113 will be entitled as thus follows tearing down ashras the la dodgers and the religion of sexual identity so many stories have happened this week it's like where do you start picking the interesting store off the interesting story pile um but there's there's less like this might be a slightly tinfoil hat i guess but i think we can weave very clear um lines to some things that have happened in the news, including the Los Angeles Dodgers, and then the several layers to the Target situation, um, and connect them all quite nicely, um, as outlined by a wonderful Bodie Bauckham servant that he gave about a year ago, um, and, and, and connecting this to um, an article that we've referenced in the past called The Boniface Option, and really calling us to read the times and get to work, because that's the whole point. That's what we do. That's what we do here. Get to work. Sound right? Yep. All right. I think we should kick it. We'll just kick it off with the the Los Angeles Dodgers. Roger Dodger. And not just the Los Angeles Dodgers. It's just a baseball team for those of you who are listening in the international audience. Baseball is a sport we play here. It's an American sport. (laughs) It is. It's becoming becoming very vastly... um, International, it's, it's growing. Yeah, it's popularity. It's, 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 it's it is start, literally it, it's, no. It's, it's literally America's America. best. It's America's pastime. Um, <clears throat> but <laughs> I was about to say something terrible. There's that now. Now America's pastime <laughs> is so many other things. But um, the Los Angeles Dodgers, a baseball team out in Los Angeles, uh, are having their Pride Night. Is that were the Los Angeles. Such a They're having a Pride Night, <laughs> and for this Pride Night, there's. Just a great many, um, you know, events and people coming to speak and one of super the people, gay. It's, it's it's a <clears throat> oh, it's a fest. So they've invited. <laughs> they're copulating. Just <laughs> I'm not gonna. <laughs> I misspoke one time. <sighs> it was a mistake, everyone. And I, I'm sorry. It happened at the end of the episode last time, and I do apologize. This is why you always have to listen to the end of the episode. Oh man, <laughs> it was a mistake. Um, they inside, decided to invite a group of 
homosexual trans, well, not trans, homosexual drag queen performers. This group is known as the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, which makes them sound like some sort of monks, Catholic monks of some some kind. It's just a weird, you know, sect of, no. I mean, Catholics have indulgences. Yeah, I know. That's why they, I'm. You know, I'm pretty sure that's why they played off on on these words. Yes, um, but they're not indulging in the indulgences. No, they're they're the. It's the perpetual indulgence. Um, in other words, the goal of this particular uh, drag homosexual group is to openly, uh, emphatically, and boldly mock um, religious icon icons. Uh, and service in the Catholic Church. Now, don't get me wrong. No peace with Rome here. I'm not saying like you know it's because of the Catholic. It, it they, they desecrate things like the cross. The idea of, of the cross, you know, our, our symbol of <laughs> redemption, <laughs> the, the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Um, they they do make fun of of nuns. They they wear the the habits and the and the out the tunics and they they use them in their performative art. Um, so I mean, just shocking stuff. You can you can find videos. You can find videos on the internet of what the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence do. You're not going to want to. But you you, you can find. Yeah, them. there's like Jesus hanging on a cross, and then a drag queen man gyrating on this other gay man who's pretending to be Jesus. It's, it's bad. bad. It's, it's pretty, just it's bad. bad. It's like it bad. is like the definition of debased. Yeah, let that be the only thing you have to know. Don't don't you don't need to find it. <laughs> but, it is quite clearly Romans one material. Yes, but it's um, it's this level of depravity that really Debutory. got got the Dodgers into trouble. Um, there was you know a, a backlash um, and and an outcry from um, the Catholic community. It turns out Los Angeles is one of the largest Catholic communities in America. Um, it is named Los Angeles, uh, the city of the angels. It actually was part of, um, it's <laughs> no, no. part of a large Catholic missionary movement out towards California in the West. That's why you have so many, uh, you know, saint names in cities. You have St. You have San, San Diego, St. Saint, Saint Diego. You have, you have Los Angeles. You have, um, Santa, Santa Barbara, St. Barbara. You have, um, San Antonio. That's that's in Texas. <laughs> uh, but there was a large Catholic missionary push. So the Los Angeles, uh, whose name was longer before and, and referring specifically back to um, like Mary and stuff, is now just Los Angeles. But it's still the city of angels. It still has a deep Catholic history. And the uh, Los Angeles Dodgers, deciding to celebrate sin, chose to also openly mock um, the Catholic community. Well, the outcry was heard and the... It's kind the, of like Bud Light. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that didn't go. ostracizing their male audience. Yeah, let's let's hold off on let's hold off on Dylan Mulvaney until the end. He connects back to what's happening with Target this week. But the Dodgers hearing this outcry were like, "Oh wow, yeah, I guess we kind of we did not read the room here." They decided to uninvite the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. They basically said, "You know, hey, we're sorry. We just don't think it'd be a good fit for this." And that lasted like three days. <laughs> and then they said, wait, wait, our bad. We've had we've 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 had some conversations and we've done some growing and we're going to have the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence back. So <laughs> anyway, it's 
promoted more outcries from the Catholics. They're they're like, hey, this is really bad. Who's making these decisions? You never double back twice. Yeah, no, it's like, oh, this is probably a bad look. Let's not do this. You know what? Actually, we're going to go ahead and do this. Our bad. Our bad on the our bad. We're going to go ahead and do this. Um, That's that's just this dumb culture stuff. But when you start peeling back the layers of what it is, like the irony is this, this is the fact that, you know, the Dodgers are over here now saying like, mea culpa, mea culpa, like, which is purposefully using Latin since we're talking about the Catholics, which <laughs> is like basically like, you know, I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I, I, I've, I've made an error. It's a great, it's a great tragedy. Um, and, and in doing so, they're now caving, right? They're, they're bowing down to not, not Christ, not Christ is King. No, 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 no. Heavens. No, they're bowing down the exact opposite way. It's like, it's like there's one one direction, right, where where there's not sin. It's when you're aiming at God, when you're when you're moving towards Him, and then there's the other way that's you know, just you're back to God, and that's what they basically did. They're like, you know what, we're not going to do this. Ah, oh, just kidding, we're totally going to do this, and they turn around and begin to worship at the altar of the progressive sexual movement, and in doing so, they really highlight for us in our culture the idea that there is this whole other subversive cultural religion. That has grown out of the act of having sex, homosexual sex. And it's it's something that if we don't grasp the reality of this, we're gonna be left we're gonna be left in the dust. I almost said left behind, but then I didn't want to get into a eschatological debate. <laughs> that if we don't if we don't grasp the weight of that, um we're firmly gonna be left, grasp it firmly in your grasp hand. it in your hand, like Patrick Starr said. He helped Squidward that day. Firmly grasped. <laughs> it's a great clip. Um, it connects and it, it it walks right into another major story that's happened this week, and it's that centered that that story centers around Target. Target who has come under fire because they have a Target, a disgustingly, obviously grotesquely grooming grooming section of LGBTQ pride, LGBTQIA plus. Minus silent P section for kids. I'm wondering when grooming is going to become part of like their marketing strategy. Like they're going to own the word and it'll be theirs. I think the silent P creeps in first. I really do. I don't know. Um, that'd be pedophilia for those of you that don't know. And it is silent, so it's hard to you know. Some people don't know, but it's it's uh, <clears throat> it's in there. I think I think they just go straight up for it. I don't think they need grooming. I think they just go right. F- it doesn't matter. This is not here. That's not the point. The fact that they had these horrible displays received a lot of pushback. But there's so much more to the the, the story than that, because one of the retail sale people companies that they were using to create and promote uh, their this this collaborator. <laughs> Yeah, collaborate. That is literally the perfect word, Jesse. Well done. I am here to assist. They the collaborator they used uh, was named, and it's it's not an American name. It's not or English. I mean, it's English right here in front of me. But it's Abrapolin, Abrapolin, Abrapolin. You say that, Jesse. I cannot help you. There's a B and a P next to each other. Why would you do that? Abrapolin. I'm going to say Abrapolin. Yeah. Ab. 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 Yeah. Sure. Anyway, the guy who runs the company is Eric Carnell. I can say his name. That's pretty easy. Oh, wow. It is That's ironic. Super, super white name. Yeah, it is ironic that his name is Carnell, which is pretty much Carnell. And let's get, let's just say the things he makes are not great. Um, he basically has, 
a t-shirt that says, you know, Satan loves pronouns. That's just one of them. He has, again, I have them in four in, in, in front of me. If you oh, like, God, read some of his uh, wonderful yes. items on his uh, Etsy shop. Yes. So it, it says Satan respects pronouns. Oh, respects. Way. I'm sorry. I said yes. likes. I do apologize. Um, I am looking Eric. at a picture of a guillotine, and at the top of the guillotine, it says homophobe homophobe headrest. Uh, indicating that we should cut the heads off of homophobes. So that is great. Uh, that's the thing. I, I mean, I'm sure there's probably a small segment of the world that could possibly be scared of homosexuals, but, you know, I'm, you know it's not like I'm scared of... <laughs> who's, no, who's, I, who is who is homophobia? All you have to do is dead name them and they'll... <laughs> they melt like the Wicked they, Witch they, of the West. Yes, <laughs> like, exactly like that. I'm <laughs> Uh, he has one that says, gay witches protect me, which is super weird. Again, not very threatening, those gay witches. But uh, he has one with praying hands that says, join my gay cult with um, some definitely some like uh, Masonic symbolism there and some tarot cards. Um, tarot? Tarot cards? Like parrot cards? <laughs> I, I don't know why I always say tarot cards. Well, you know, I'm not going to make fun of you since I say the words wrong and then you make fun of me. I know how your feelings. That's fine. I know it hurts feelings. Now, there is an interesting juxtaposition between two of his designs. One says transitioning is an act of self-love. Oh, right. Yes. But then he has another design that says the future needs you in it. And like... But these things can't both be true at the same time because the one actually precludes you to not having you in your future. Certainly, generations would be cut off from your ability if you were to like transition. Well, yeah, there's that. I was going with the suicide angle. Oh, that is also a sad reality. Oh, you didn't pick that up? That was the whole reason why I mentioned it earlier before, before we started recording. Yeah, it's. I guess you didn't pick that up. I didn't pick up on that. No. Yeah, I was just thinking that transitioning actually <clears throat> increases your chance of suicide. I don't know that it, that it, I thought it was actually it just may remain the same. It doesn't actually change the suicide rate. Like it doesn't actually aid them. Doesn't lower the suicide rate. Oh, I thought it increased it. No, it just doesn't lower it. Like it's supposed to solve problems, but it doesn't solve. It doesn't solve any the problems. No. Well, he also has one that says the moon is a lesbian, and I don't understand that one. That one's weird. I don't get that one at all. That's probably from an anime. <clears throat> it sounds like an anime thing. <laughs> I'm just sorry. It just does. That's just lazy marketing. Yeah. <clears throat> the point being that after <laughs> yes. So this person has clear pervert. <laughs> this person has clear satanic merchandise. Oh yeah, no. <clears throat> Absolutely. It's got a, a weird goat head thing and talks about Satan and his pronouns lovings. Correct. And he was specifically hired by Target, all right, to design three particular Pride Month items. Right? This is the the point here is that this whole sexual movement has become a clear worshipful action. The the movement that we're seeing is not that this is that this is connected to a desire to 
practice sodomy. As in, that's what I enjoy. I practice this act. Like some people enjoy the gym, you know, and some people enjoy sodomy. No, it's not that anymore. And and it's not just that they have a particular, let's say, condition of homosexuality that needs to be curbed in some way or aided in some way. Certainly not that. Rather, right. Rather, there is a identity and that identity must be worshipped. We must worship the identity. And by identity, I mean completely subjectively perceived identity. Yeah. I mean, it's this is uh, straight from Nebuchadnezzar's playbook here. We, they, they want you all to bow down to the golden calf of themselves. The, pro- the progressive sexual movement. Right. And, and if we don't. If you don't, right, if you don't, there is backlash for you. There is repercussions for you. We will cancel you, ostracize you, minimize you. We will say hurtful words toward you. Right. Now, at the end of the day, there we have to have some sort of ability to identify this reality. Between the Los Angeles Dodgers, bringing in, in one of the most strongest Catholic <coughs> per capita cities in America, bringing in a drag performance with homosexual men that debases Catholic imagery purposefully. Their name is the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. It is the whole idea, right? And then realizing it was a mistake and then unrealizing it was a mistake. It's 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 because they have to worship at this altar. It's uh, it's it's brand suicide for sure. I mean, I was just having, I forget who I was talking. Oh, I was talking about this with my buddy Dan the other day. He's like, he's like, why do you think that these companies do this when they know, like they've got to know, like Budweiser, for instance, they've got to know that they're going to lose so much money. And I'm like, well, yeah, they, they do. But you know, when you've got Klaus Schwab breathing down your neck, telling you, you need to make certain diversity quotas, <clears throat> You know, who are you going to fear more? And at this point, they're fearing Klaus. And soon they will not be a company anymore. <laughs> well, the the reality is they're 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 making they're making a calculated assessment based off of two things. One, uh, their ESG score for their stocks, um, their 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 emotional so their emotion their environmental social governance score. I said emotional because I was thinking like. ESL, emotional social learning, but their their uh, environmental government, environment social governance score ESG, is dependent upon their um, their support of these um, victimized minority groups. So having this like push for um, awareness inside of the LA Dodgers, inside of um, Target. Right. I mean, I just you just saw this uh, giant. I don't know if you saw it, but there's a, a, a North Face ad um, that has a drag queen uh, called Patty Gonia, which is the t- <laughs> the gay sachet. Yeah, the gay sachet uh, across through, the world. Yeah. Right. So that's because their ESG score is so low because all of their stuff is made in sweatshops in China <laughs> that they have to bring it. They can bring it up by simply having a man with a mustache dressed up as a woman literally just the most quintessential flaming 
performance ever on the internet. Like they can do, they do that to help their ESG score. So the ESG score matters when then being evaluated by large financial firms, right? Um, firms like, you know, BlackRock and then their numbers coming out from Goldman and Sachs and all these being these, these organizations evaluating them look at the, the, the score. And so they want to have a high score. So they take the pride display with the tuck bathing suits for children and they put it in the front of target because that helps their ESG score globally for their stocks. The only tucking children should be doing is being tucked into bed. At After night. they have been prayed with and read a nice little, uh, read a little story and prayed with by their parents. Correct. Not trannies. Right. <clears throat> no other tucking. No tucking. No, not into the bathing suit. Uh, nope. No, not, um, not anywhere else. No, no tucking. <laughs> right. And the, uh, the other, the other mathematical calculation they're making, these companies are making is the reality that, um, people that have conservative ideas are willing to still purchase good products from good companies, regardless of these ideological games they've been playing for, you know, so many decades now. Um, that's that's been what has that's what has been shown. They're preying the upon past. the free market ideals of of people who are generally conservative who right. subscribe to those ideals. <clears throat> Whereas, obviously, people of the left, leftists, if you will will not purchase things from companies that do espouse the opposite views or, or conservative values. So conservatives are willing to buy a good product or use a convenient service, regardless of whether or not it is conservative or progressive. No, I, I, I disagree. There are those, you know, gay couples that go to Christian bakers and want cakes. I and think Christian we all know and that, all, and all of those things. We all know that Baker Jack was only abused because he was a Christian baker. Not because, also because he, apparently he made really good cakes. <laughs> mm, and, uh, and they were like, I want I want a good cake. I need to go to that guy. And he's like, you can have any of those cakes right over there. They're already ready to go. Grab them out of the refrigerated case. And they said, no, I want you to draw a giant male phallus on this cake right now. And you'll do it because I said so. And he said, not so fast. <laughs> <laughs> um Regardless, that poor man has been through far too much. Jeez, at least. Uh, guys, like, I'm just a baker. I don't know how this happened. Um, ironically, he actually would tie back in because he is the point. Uh, that stand is the is the point. When I say that this has been happening for so long, I mean it has. They're doing these calculations because for so long, conservatives would say, I will buy your stuff even though you have this gay display here, this gay pride display. But gay pride display used to be—it you, you, used to be so innocuous you could almost think it was just people. You know, it was just Noahic Covenant Month. Like it was just rainbows and stuff. It wasn't. It wasn't. You know, a kid wearing you know shirt that says trans people will always exist. Which, by the way, is just an oxymoron. If you're going to transition as a transsexual person and you're going to in any way mutilate any of your reproductive organs, you are not going to exist. Okay, it just is a fact. Unless. Unless being transsexual is simply just a choice, and it actually has no basis in any re objective reality, and it's just subjective. But no one will admit transsexual that. Transsexual or transgender? Transgender. <laughs> yes, transgender. Sorry. It's okay. And, it's a relatively new category. Well, either, either one, right? A transsexual is a transgender. Isn't that right? No, I thought a transsexual was somebody that was, I don't know. I don't know what the freaking rules are You know are what? This anymore. is what's wrong with America. <laughs> <laughs> 
regardless. Yes, a transsexual person is a person who has transed their sex. A transgender person who has transed their gender. They're essentially the same thing, right? They're not an intersex person. Is that what you're thinking about? Uh, Yes, an intersex person is a person who was born with um, some a chrom- chromosomal disorder there in the XY and XX, and therefore may present with two, two or partial biological genitalia. Wow, we're just doing a whole. Okay, I knew I wasn't going crazy. We're good. We're all good. We're all on the same page here. Um, when when we're trying to connect these dots and we see this blatant worship of a perverse sexual ideology, we have to stop where we are, identify it, and be able to think critically about it. Uh, Vody Balkum did an awesome. Well, I mean, most most sermons by Vody are they're pretty they're pretty fire. He prepares well. Yeah. So uh, this sermon is entitled "Raising the Next Generation in Turbulent Times." It's a great sermon. Um, I I remember having listened to it before, like a year ago. Uh, he he was I think Jason Whitlock mentioned it again, um, and it made me want to go back and listen to it again. And I just remembered it. it just so it was so poignant. It was so clearly laid out. Um, he does a great job. Like he has great quotes in it, um, and he connects us to the scripture well. Um, and a couple of scriptures that he bases this idea off of, and this is the important thing, right? This is the importance part where we really must understand and identify some, some key notes. Um, Isaiah 5, <coughs> excuse me, Isaiah 520, right? That's, uh, let me, I actually hadn't, hadn't pulled it up. Oh my gosh. No, that's my I'll fault. I'll look up the next one. Thanks, bud. I apologize, everyone. This this is this is just obviously a failure. Now's your Isaiah five twenty says gay sachet around the country. Please don't do that. <laughs> Patagonia, what a dumb name. Patagonia. Isaiah five twenty says this: Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. That's exactly where we find ourselves, like living. Like we live there. We live in a place where evil is exalted as good and good is decried as evil. And if we don't, we must understand there's consequences for these things when we don't do them. There's there's severe consequences. I, one of the things that Proverbs clearly says, Jesse, if you'll take it away. Yes, it says that righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a disgrace to any people. Yes, Proverbs 13, 1434. Good year, good year. Four, 1934. No, there was no indoor plumbing or air conditioning. That was a horrible year. Horrible, horrible year. You had lots of money. You had people to take care of that. You still smelled like crap all the time. (laughs) No, you take it outside the city and you burn it. No, you were walking around in your own filth. They didn't have it. All right, anyway, moving forward. Um, this idea that uh, could you, you know what can you read it again because there's there's key there's key <laughs> words in Proverbs fourteen thirty four yes. that's very important righteousness exalts a nation but sin is a disgrace to any people sin is a disgrace to what now any people what people any people any any so that's like could be it's an literally pronoun <laughs> and that indefinite pronoun means it's just any n- not defined in any way it's I, all is a subset of any oh another any anybody <laughs> so. So when we put these two together, when we live in a culture, right, that is calling evil good and good evil, that is that is taking something that is light and oh making my gosh, and is calling that why it's called an indefinite pronoun because it doesn't ha- it doesn't refer to any specific thing. It's not defined. It's indefinite. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Wait, is this a learning moment? <laughs> Such a learning moment. We need like a sound for that. 
Like that's <laughs> actually that's not the sound I was hoping for, but it's kind of appropriate. I'm thinking more like this. That, that that's what I was thinking. Uh, money, bing bing. Um, <laughs> that is why it's indefinite. When I can't wait to tell my kids, <laughs> they're they're gonna be like, Dad, you're the best teacher ever. <laughs> this is why we podcast. <laughs> no, uh, this is why you read your Bible. <laughs> amen. So when we have a culture that's celebrating darkness for light, light for darkness, when it's, when it's calling bitter things sweet and good, right? We 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 are we must be careful because we know that this this type of sin is a it's a disgrace. It's a it's a blot to any people. It's it's destruction. It's it's corrosive. It's death. And we know that righteousness is what exalts any nation is exalted by righteousness. Righteousness exalts a nation. Whatever that nation is, it doesn't matter. Righteousness is the goal. And we aim rightly at something. When we aim at righteousness, then we're rightly calling good good. We're rightly lifting up good. We're rightly decrying evil. But when you see nuns mocked and Christ on the cross turned into a a homosexual trans deviant dance called stripper pole right when you see this happen and then you see it celebrated by a giant company when you when you have corporations setting up displays and marketing everywhere to shove down your throat for the next 30 days that you must celebrate what god calls evil what we must say is whoa whoa to those who call evil good and good evil that at some point you actually have to put your hands up and say, no, this is enough. Enough is enough. In the sermon, again, entitled Raising the Next Generation in Turbulent Times by Vody Bauckham, he makes a connection, particularly around the progressive sexual revolution. One of the terms that I think uh, that I enjoy that he, he coins is sexual identity Marxism. Marxism, which we've done several episodes on. You can go back and listen to them. Uh, but Marxism has the idea of setting up hegemonic powers. You have the proletariat versus the bourgeoisie, and the proletariat would need to rise up to overthrow the hegemonic power, the over over reigning power, um, really the pervasive power of the proletariat. And uh, every man could, you know, rise up and conquer the elitist. And ironically, that is just not how it's worked out at all. It's just always seems to be the elitist. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh. The elites always seem to get more elite and more rich. It's so so weird that way. Um, but but that idea... Why need to tax them more? Right. That idea of Marxism was supposed to be an economic one, but then you had uh, many others bring it into the culture. You, you can think of uh, in, Antonio Gramsci, the, uh, the Italian Marxist, bringing this right into the robes of culture, right? The, the lawyers, the professors, um, the, ju- you know, the judges, the professors... Um, the clergy, he wanted, he wanted to infest all of these things with this Marxist idea to bring it into the culture, to make it a cultural, um, a cultural totem. And then you, you look at that and how it crept into America, um, largely from the Frankfurt school, trying to escape Nazi Germany and finding a home at Columbia university, uh, where it grew and flourished. And now for the past 40, 50 years has been training up all of the people that graduate from universities because that's what happened it's like they made a plan and then they stuck to the plan and now here we are that's why it's important to make a plan and stick to it i guess said the marxists um 
And and in doing that, uh, he is now taking those principles and applying it to the sexual revolution. And it's absolutely appropriate because he has the receipts. Literally got the receipts in his sermon. He's got quote after quote after quote. Uh, he quotes Mark Stein, who pointed out that we've gone uh, in, the, in, in the span of, of the lifetime of one person, we've gone from sodomy being an act uh, that can be quantified and pointed out, identified. It can even be you know celebrated or legalized because it's just specifically an, an act. In fact, it on the books in America was uh, something that was illegal um, for you know well into uh, the, the 60s. There was areas of country that had sodomy laws. I mean, because because governments are lazy, I'm sure there's probably areas right now in the country that have sodomy laws because they're they made too many laws and now they don't even know they have those laws. Regardless, that's a different problem for a different podcast. Um, it, it went from sodomy being an act to the idea that homosexuality, which is really more or less was a condition when you go into the 60s, they were identifying homosexuality as a, as a condition. And now we've moved to more so using the term gay to bring about someone's identity. Their gayness, their homosexuality is not just a condition. Sodomy is not just an act. Rather, this is their literal identity. And this is what we see oh so prevalently, right, in the affirmation care we must give to those struggling with gender dysphoria, people that are transgender. They must be affirmed because this is their identity, that is the most pervasive movement of something ever. It's completely subversive. And it absolutely is what God tells us will happen when men worship themselves instead of God. Amen? Amen. I mean, that's Romans 1, right? That's, just, that's all this is, is Romans 1. Just all, all roads lead back to Romans 1. They really do. I mean, it's, <laughs> Paul, Paul here is pulling on the base level, right? He's, but even if you go back to two episodes ago when we had Ma on and we're talking about the creative order, right? We're, these are the same ideas that are present there. Men and women tearing down what God has called them to do and be. That's exactly what, that's exactly what this progressive sexual movement is. Um, in the, in the sermon, we'll play, we'll play two, two quick clips. And I think that they really pull on this thread of how we've gotten to this point where the Dodgers and Target and North Face and Budweiser and Ford and F- Ford and Walmart and the town I deliver in, the whole main street for the next 30 days, how these places are going to be so blatantly worshipful of an identity. This first clip, um, which comes at about 23 minutes into the sermon, uh, is a clip that comes from the book called After the Ball, How America Will Overcome Its Fear and Hatred of Gays in the Decade of the 1990s. Uh, in the sermon, he'll explain this book to you. Uh, by the way, I guess we've decided that there just must not have been a lot of quantity to the book. And so if you tried to buy it on Amazon, it's very expensive. So I recommend trying to find it used if you were to want to actually own it and read it. There is no audiobook. It literally does not exist. So you're going to have to do it the old-fashioned way, as they say. <laughs> you didn't really have audiobooks in the 1990s. No, but yes. Not but like we do now. I People mean, could still read in the 1990s. Yeah, but like I can, I can listen to 19, 1984, a novel. <laughs> like they didn't have audiobooks back then. <laughs> oh, please! This wasn't this wasn't a classic. No, certainly not. This was a niche gay manifesto. Yeah, it turns out. Anyway, we'll get to this clip. So Jesse's going to queue up the clip starting at about 23 minutes in. um, And this is just him reading uh, a clip from, from the book. 
Here's what they wrote. AIDS, though a loose cannon, is a cannon indeed. As cynical as it may seem, AIDS gives us a chance, however brief, to establish ourselves as a victimized minority, legitimately deserving of America's special protection and care. This, therefore, is the question and the challenge. How can we surmount our insurmountable opportunity? How can we maximize the sympathy and minimize the fear? How, given the horrid hand that AIDS has dealt us, can we best play it? This is one of the most shocking things when you peel back the layers. We know how devastating victimhood culture is. The The culture of victimhood, victimhoodization is devastating. And it was handed to us by those seeking to push the progressive sexual revolution. It was their goal. How can we turn AIDS from a sad disease into the thing that forces people to affirm us as good and right and victims in need of protection? And you can tell that this is exactly where the victim victimhoodization culture came because the civil rights movement was not about creating a victim class. It was about of seeking to obtain equal weights and measures for all. Now, again, I'll say politically, if you don't understand the times and the civil rights movement, uh, Dwight, Dwight D. Eisenhower, uh, which if you do your presidents, it's Eisenhower, then Kennedy. And, and after Kennedy, he was, I mean, I don't know if you know this, but Kennedy was shot. Everybody, John Kennedy was shot. By the FBI. <laughs> no, no, he was he was not shot by the FBI. I just actually heard a really great In podcast. In Minecraft. <laughs> I just heard a really great podcast by a guy who, like, just, just he's a historian. He just read the book. He actually knew whatever his face was. I always get all of them confused because they all have three names. John Wilkes Booth. Harvey Oswald. Thank you. Lee Harvey. Lee Harvey Oswald. Lee Harvey Oswald. Yeah, he's the one in that shot. Yeah. John Wilkes Booth is one. Is Abraham Lincoln. See, they can't, you can't do that. You can't just give them all three <laughs> names. It's very freaking confusing. Um, but anyway, that's neither here nor there. Um, and then, so he goes. Is it Kennedy Lee Harvey Oswald? And then, yeah, it is Lee Harvey Oswald. And then Kennedy gives us uh, Lyndon Baines Johnson because he dies. Um, and Johnson, you know, is credited with this like, the movement towards the civil justice movement, his war on poverty. It basically is the thing that devastated. It helped to to push us into this victimhoodization culture. But the homosexual movement ramped that, took that and then put kerosene on it. They just dialed it up to a thousand. Um, and that's that's it's so telling because they wrote it down for it. It's so nice of them to have written it down for us. Um, and and they they tried to basically take this a movement that was seeking to have equal weights and measures. Um, in reality, Dwight D. Eisenhower had done civil rights work beforehand, and if the government had just had the stones to look at states enacting Jim Crow laws and said, um, "Yeah, so either you stop having those racist laws that violate our Constitution and this bill." or you don't receive any federal funding. And that would have solved the problem overnight. Instantaneously, all those laws would have been gone because every state needs federal dollars. But they didn't have the stones for that. It actually required them to pass legislation, which is really stupid. Our government had it, so stupid. Why are people so stupid? They fell into one of the classic blunders. <laughs> yeah, they definitely got into a land war with Asia. Um, 
and, and so so in co-opting the civil rights movement to create victimhood culture and if you don't believe me here's a clip from from 44 minutes into the sermon this is going to be a clip that Vody reads uh, from a civil rights leader named Bayard Rustin Bayard Rustin was not just helping Martin Luther, Dr. Martin Luther King and indeed he did help him in the civil rights movement but he was he had uh, communist ties uh, and he was an, he was a homosexual he ended up becoming a very openly homosexual in fact since there was no gay marriage back then he actually adopted his lover his white lover who was 37 years younger than him awkward yeah that's weird that's just weird because you know what that makes that that means that that's just not that's not just like sodomy like that's yeah yeah if it's his kid yeah you see how weird that is okay you're with me you're with me um but that's how they could that's the only way they could pass legally pass things on and carry on you know generational Mm-hmm. wealth or what, whatever, whatever the reasoning was. It's just really weird. But not, well, nonetheless, here's a quote from Bayard Rustin. <clears throat> and he, uh, he gave this speech. Now I'm going to try to get my ears right. He gave this speech in 1987 uh, f- as New York was seeking to pass legislation for gay civil rights. Here, here is his quote, and I'm going to let Vody read it. <laughs> Listen to this from Baird Rustin. And you may not know this name, but I'll explain to you who this individual was after this quote. Today, blacks are no longer the litmus paper or the barometer of social change. Blacks are in every segment of society. By the way, this is back in the 60s and 70s he's saying this. Blacks are in every level, a segment of society, and there are laws that help to protect them from racial discrimination. The new niggers are gays. It is in this sense that gay people are the new barometer for social change. The question of social change should be framed with the most vulnerable group in mind, gay people. Now, that was 19, uh, <laughs> I muted myself because I wanted to hear. Uh, by the way, it was 1986 that he gave that speech, not 1987. And the title of that speech was indeed, given, given to the New York State House Assembly there, was indeed, The New N-Words Are Gays. That was the title of... <clears throat> Nonetheless, if you can't realize the devastating reality of the victimization and co-opting of a movement that was sought to have equal access under the law into making creating victimhood olympics which is now where we live then then i can't help you because that's what happened but ultimately the the question we have to answer is what do we do what then do we do we have cloistered ourselves off in the church and this is a <clears throat> this does seem like something we say so often but that's because it's it's what it's again it's the creative order we tend to cloister ourselves off we tend to hand over the reins we tend to become comfortable we want to not have to war and work at things but that's not the call christ calls us to follow him to go into every corner and preach the gospel to carry the light into the dark places and to hold it high to not let the light be called darkness and to not let the good be called evil that's what christ has called us to do 
And so we have to answer the question, how do we do this? Well, we have to keep pushing, which by the way, shirts, the shirts came in from the pre-orders and they are awesome. Just want to say, they look so cool. Uh, So shameless plug, check out the keep pushing shirt to support the covenant Christian school. Keep that we must keep pushing in the culture. We must push back everywhere. One of the things that immediately makes me think, uh, think about pushing back in the culture was going into Judges 6 through 8, where we have the story of Gideon. And that's where tearing down Asherahs really comes from um, in the title. Gideon's first command from the Lord, well, technically his first command <laughs> was that God was going to use him. And then his second command was essentially to offer a sacrifice. That's basically what, what happened. He literally offers a uh, goat and food, and then God tells him to put it on a rock, and God consumes it with holy fire. That's what happens. <clears throat> um, but then his first command from from God in, in Judges 6.25 is, that night the Lord said to him, take your father's bull and the second bull, seven years old, and pull down the altar of Baal that your father has, and cut down the Asherah that is beside it and build an altar to the Lord your God on the top of the stronghold here with stones laid in due order. So this whole call, then he then he commands him to kill one of the bulls as a burnt offering sacrifice. A burnt offering sacrifice was an atoning sacrifice. <clears throat> That's the command. That's the command for, for Gideon. We, we cannot live in a place that's exalting evil as good and and think that we can stay silent in in our foxhole, which is which we've turned into a, like a condo unit. It's so comfortable we just live here. Um, and and I ask you, what is harder to pretend your enemy is your friend, or to actually love your enemy? That's the question. What's harder? It's always harder to love your enemy, always than to placate and coddle your enemy, to be the nice guy and maybe one day, no, speak the words of the Lord, speak the truth of the Lord into these things because we're worshiping worshiping at the altar of Satan. The Dodgers are worshiping at the altar of Satan. They are mocking God. Target is inviting Satan, the Satanists into the front doors to create merchandise for the celebration of and worship of sin. We must be like Gideon. We must tear down the high places and the Asherahs. We must instead put in their place, erecting in their place the righteousness of God, or, dear Christian, die trying, for it would be more righteous to give our lives for the Savior who gave his life for us. That's the call wonderful article that I've referenced many times and I'll just keep referencing it. You can find it by simply searching the Boniface option on any place you might search on the interwebs. That's Boniface, B-O-N-I face, Boniface (laughs) option. Uh, It's an article that highlights the difference between between, um, what is outlined in a book uh, by Rod Dreher called the the Benedict option. Um, where the goal is essentially to create strong, you know, Christian communities, but largely these strong commission Christian communities can, can remain as their communities themselves. And their goal isn't inherently to 
<clears throat> to go out from themselves. But rather, we need these strong Christian communities because the world's crumbling around us. But the Boniface option suggests something a little stronger. Let me read just a small paragraph from it. It says this, Therefore, if we are going to embark on forming local Christian communities in the face of the chaos of imperial decline, which I think we should, it is of the utmost importance that we have an idea of the kind of men we should be forming. We need men who would trade the cloister for a confrontation, men who would trade the relative comfort of the monastery for missions and martyrdom. We need hard men for hard times. Thor's oak wasn't felled because Boniface got the pagans to like him and think he was a pretty cool guy. These people hated him and his God. Thor's oak was felled because of the truth that, that Jesus Christ is God. Thor is not. We have to learn not to care what unbelievers people who are going to spend eternity in hell for their hatred of God think. We ought not to care what their opinion of us is. These are people who desperately need to hear the truth, the truth about a God-man who was murdered for speaking the truth. We have to understand every unbeliever would have killed Jesus if they had the chance. That includes all of us before we knew Christ. What is sin if not attempted <clears throat> attempted deicide after all? Yet the Lord loved them and gave his life for them. And as he was going through the agony of the cross, at any instant with a single word, he could have eviscerated those responsible for his murder. Instead, he forgave them. He sets up this beautiful story about <clears throat> St. Boniface, uh, St. Boniface, who was called um, as a Benedict monk. His name uh, was Winfred, and he was called by Pope Gregory II to go to Germania. And in Germania, <clears throat> he set upon the shrine uh, uh, to Thor. It was a large oak tree called the Oak of Thor. That's where they sacrificed to this God of thunder. Um, and they believed that, that anyone desecrated the tree would be sm smitten, smitten, smote, smote, smelt, smelt by Thor. <laughs> uh, he would be killed in, in lightning. It's hammer uh, time. Yeah, exactly. Boniface instead trusted Christ um, and knew that Christ would try over, triumph over all false gods. And so not only did he cut, not only did he touch the tree, he, he literally chopped down the tree. And when, when the word went out that he, he, he did not die, um, people began to turn towards Christ. Uh, they, they, he died at 79 at the hands of people who were attacking him, uh, specifically with a group of, of, he had a large group with him, but he ordered them not to fight back. Instead, he gave his life. Um, but this this man did not let the Asherahs simply exist and try to placate them. He tore down the Asherahs, and that is where I I, I want to make our make our point clear, because the end of the story of Target is actually that Target began to walk back their position. They began to hide their displays, take them from the front of the stores, take them out of view of the children, put them way, way in the back by the clear and seasonal stuff. And that is now this isn't everywhere, obviously in very um, progressively sexual areas. You, who cares? They can have it right up front. They could put the thing outside for all, for, for all those areas care, but in areas where that, that are more conservative, they had to push these things back. But that's because the outrage of parents and Christians at the the worship of the progressive sexual revolution was was clear. Now, as as to my knowledge, I, I've seen no videos of violence. There have been claims, oh, it's we, we had we had to do it because you know they were attacking. There were attacks upon our. Th there's been no videos. It's like one of those things. Like 
it's like you know how they accused you know Trump of being with Russian prostitutes, and there was some sort of tape that involved them peeing on him. Russia, Russia, Russia. Right? Like if that existed, you would all have seen it so many times, like that you 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 oh, would be. I don't want to see that. No, but I mean, like it would obviously blurt out. It'd be on cable television. You can't show these things, but you would know it existed. Like if there were videos of some Christian grandma berating a manager at Target, like <clears throat> everyone would know it, right? That's but that's because because the the religion of the progressive sexual movement de- declares that that woman must be condemned and burned at the stake. That's what the result is. Rather, there were clear communications that this was not acceptable and and more so more so than that the, the the video outrage of people just saying why is this here what are we doing people also have begun to take away their dollars and you know what since the bud light incident with dylan mulvaney these companies are terrified terrified you're talking sales have dropped like 40 percent for for anheuser-busch on bud light that's huge that's it's, it's devastating. You're talking like a ten percent market cap, cap market cap hit. That's these are numbers, and they they compound. These numbers compound. It's not just a one time thing. When you're down in one quarter, that means you're automatically going to be down in the next quarter unless you can dramatically increase sales for that quarter, and it becomes a compound effect. They're they're scared because people communicated with their voices and spoke with their actions that this was unacceptable. That's how you begin to tear down Asherahs. The, the the progressive sexual movement <clears throat> should be a death knell for any business as soon as they start to promulgate and push it because Christians should not continue to worship here. We should call what is evil, evil, so that people know. Because if we don't, we're not being loving. We're not caring for anybody. Where is where where is a person who is is detransitioning going to turn when the one thing, the one thing set up to handle identity and that is the fact that there are only two identities. You are either in Christ or you're a hater of God. Those are your two identities. There is no third identity. There is no other identity. All identities pale in comparison. There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, but all are one in Christ. Nothing matters outside of that question. Where are they going to turn to if the one place that can give them true identity, hope, and healing is just so full of crap that they, they lie and they coddle and they affirm themselves? There's no hope. We have the hope. We must speak the hope. And when we speak the hope, when we convince people of the righteousness, of the objective righteousness of God, it begins to move a needle. And we've seen it happen now twice. Once with beer and once with Target. Now, now here's the thing. We're, we're still we're still largely back in our cloistered, high-arched buildings, not doing anything, sitting on our fat laurels. We can put, we can be much more clear, but unless you do, it's it's not just us as a, it's not a movement. It takes each person, each individual, unless you, dear Christian, do that, unless you begin to take down the 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 oak of Thor, or to rip down the Asherahs, right. Gideon's Asherahs weren't just outside. They weren't like in this temple. They were in his father's house. They were in his home. What are we doing? What are we watching? What kind of access to technology do do we allow our children to have? We must be so careful. What are they learning? Who are their friends? Are we, are we caring enough and loving them? These are very important questions we must answer so that we can indeed begin to tear down these Asherahs. Or, or you will just continue to see a decline 
until your grandchildren are worshiping at the progressive altar, the altar of progressive sexual revolution. And may it never be. May we instead love God enough and love others enough to speak the truth and speak it clearly. Amen. That's what we're supposed to do. Amen. And with that, I believe this has been, uh, this gets, skips us over episode 113. Now we can go right to episode 114, where hopefully it won't be as filled with spooky bad luck as this episode was. That's not, that's not a thing. <laughs> All right, that was, a, that was a dumb, I strike it from the record. But regardless of that, dear Christian, you'll have plenty of resources that you can click on in the show notes here of this. And we do hope you, this day, dear Christian, will seize the faith. faith.